Ryder Nation and William Powell bringing the energy, bringing the fight, bringing the fire every game day, every practice. Let's go, Ryder Nation. wall coming up guys that was a really bad yeah please banjo. don't do that again please i don't have a sound effect button in front of me to do banjo ball hey everybody this is the pibbles podcast that was the johnny mckeg band with here we go we are your premier saskatchewan rough riders fan podcast thanks so much for your time i'm alex i'm confused i i'm I, I I don't know what to say, actually. Okay, I guess I'm doing the show myself. <laughs> okay. Give us a follow on Twitter, at PifflesPod. You can follow me, at RealAlexD. You can find me, at Safamod. Follow me, at Greg on Sports. I was actually going to say your guys' at name. I was going to do the show myself. <laughs> We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash PifflesPodcast. Instagram as well, PifflesPod. And the website, PifflesPodcast.com. Pivots Podcast brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. They're on Skip the Dishes and, of course, Pumpkin Blizzards are back. We talked about this last week. I had one last week. Amazing. Why are you doing this to me? I still Why? have one in my fridge. It's, it's in my September. Freezer. Good. Save it there till the end of September. No, then you're no, good. No. no, we're in September. It's pumpkin season. No. It's not I don't know if season. Costco has their pumpkin pies yet. Don't don't be a basic oh, bitch. I would make an exception. Amy for went there Costco pumpkin pies the other day, and it still wasn't in. So I don't know. I haven't seen anything about it yet. Hopefully, good because they're smart. But we are in banjo bowl week. We got a lot to get to. Pivots podcast, proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network, and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Lots of great shows on both those networks. Let's get started here. Time for the opening kickoff. <laughs> Big news out of Saskatchewan, obviously. Jordan Williams-Lambert coming back to the Riders. It's been reported. Uh, uh, Dave Campbell found it first out of uh, 630 Ched in Edmonton uh, on the CFL transaction, Transactions page that Jordan Williams-Lambert has been added to the Riders' active roster. So, before we get into who he replaces on the roster, you guys are, I assume, happy that... Basically, the rookie of the year from last year is coming back. I am ecstatic. That, that that adds to an already potent offense. A potent offense. There we go. I can actually English. I, I love his return. Could have been worse. Could have said impotent offense. <laughs> no, that was 2018. Yeah, that was last <laughs> year. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's going to be great to have another guy, another amazing receiver in a receiving core that actually has a quarterback that can throw to them, so... It's you look at last year compared to this year, throwing and, and how bad our offense was last year. I can only imagine what he's going to do with a guy that's actually can get the ball out there and deep. He was the lone bright spot on the offense last year, pretty much that really stood out. So get him back with this uh, already good receiving core. We got Naaman Roosevelt, Manny Arsenault, Kyron Moore, Jordan Williams Lambert now, and of course our leading receiver Shaq Evans. So. What happens? How does Lambert get into this offense? Where does he fit in? Who You have to sit somebody out of probably the you know, receiving core. What do you do? Does, does Manny Arsenal sit? You keep, you keep Manny on unless he trips and 
gets a paper cut and he's out six weeks, you give him the Chad Owens treatment so he's fresh for playoffs. That's an option. Even though he's just starting to turn it on now? I wouldn't do it to him. He's not the guy I'd pick, but that's a lot. what a lot of people are pointing to because of his low production. But he's only played for six games, and he's not targeted. I hate I hate that. When someone goes, well, he, he's only made eight catches this year. He's only been targeted 13 times. Like, what do you want from him? 13 catches? I guess. Then you, then, <laughs> then you go to the next obvious one. Kyron Moore is barely above 500 on his catches. Kyron Moore is the guy to me. He he started off hot. He hasn't been turning it on as of late. I think he's the obvious choice to sit. Picture that compared to our problem we had last year where we couldn't find who to start. And now all of a sudden, we're talking about sitting a guy like Manny Arsenault, a guy like Kyron Moore. I mean, Kenny Stafford is sitting on our, you know, our scratch list, right? We got a plethora of receivers, solid, talented receivers. Somebody's got to go, and it's going to be Kyron Moore. And you have returners. You have Marcus Thigpen. You have Luchez Purifoy. You don't really need Kyron Moore on the field right now. And you ask me if I want Jordan Williams-Lambert or, or Kyron Moore? I want Williams-Lambert. Uh, but we're all in agreement. Great news. Jordan Williams-Lambert coming back for the second half of the season here. And uh, obviously probably won't be ready for the Badger Bowl here. Probably He will probably end up being a scratch for this game. Might do some roster tinkering with Kenny Stafford, see what happens there. I bet you somebody gets put on the one-game injured list. Maybe it's Williams-Lambert. Oh, his hamstring's not completely healed from the NFL. Pa- paper cut from... Uh, Signing the contract. Yeah, basically. Except his contract was already signed. Uh, They'll find something. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. But anyway, it's a it's good thing for the riders, and uh, it's always a good problem to have with that much talent. So we look forward to seeing what he can do there. Hey, let's get back to the Labor Day game. We haven't talked about that. We won. That was great. We all knew we were going to win. Of course we I did. don't think we knew... We all thought it was going to be a little bit closer... Than what people were expecting. A lot of people were expecting a blowout with no uh, Nichols, no Harris, and it was anything but. That that one to pick defense. So we knew, like, it, yeah, it's easy to point at their offense and go, they got nobody, but their defense is smothering. Like anytime you got Willie Jefferson disrupting the field, it's it's going to be a tough go no matter what. That that's exactly it. You hear all this talk about how the Riders didn't beat anybody this past week. They still beat what, in my opinion, is the number one defense in the league, driving 87 yards to score a last-second field goal. I mean, that that in and of, of itself is worthy of calling this a solid win. Mention Willie Jefferson. We'll talk more about him in the enemy preview, the tall grass apparel enemy preview a little bit later on. But do you guys see uh, Willie Jefferson's little troll at the Riders after his first sack? No, no, he, did his, he did his somersault after that. he got the sack, yeah. and then he walked a couple steps towards the rider bench because the play was on that side of the field. And remember when the when he was on the team last year and the year before, especially in 2017, they did uh, oh the uh, the, the uh, Dragon Ball Z thing. Dragon yes, Ball Z I did thing. see I did see that. He pointed. He looked right at the rider bench and did the Hamakura, whatever it's called. I don't know what it's called. Yeah. Sonic Boom from Street Fighter. Street Fighter. Oh. Whatever it was. But he did that looking right at the bench. I was like, ooh, that is good. Honestly, if reports <laughs> that came out last week that we only offered him, what was it, 170 grand or something oh, ridiculous. They, they absolutely they deserve them. that 100%. All power to him. I, I don't blame him for Dude, coming in hot. monster game. <laughs> is anybody surprised? Hands down the best athlete in the CFL. I don't care who it is. Talking about defense, the Riders' defense. We give the, the Bombers credit 
for for having a, a kind of a dominant defense. The Riders' defense, obviously, making big plays when they needed to as well. Lots of you know, the interceptions, the turnovers. Like it was just like another solid performance and another game in a row. What's it's four in a row now? They have not allowed twenty points. Our defense asterisks on one of them. Of oh, course, of course. Right? oh, well, yeah, of course. Uh, we have to hear about the asterisks every freaking week. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, our defense has been playing really solid, really well, and. It's nice that when we look good in all three phases of a game. The offense. Um, what offense in the second half? I don't know because there was none by the Riders. Cody Fajardo still threw for 300 yards. 200 of them were in the first half, 204. So he really didn't do much until that final drive. Let's move right now to the very final drive of that game. Starting at the five-yard line, you're down by a point. Still going to drive, what, 60 yards to make it a possible, realistic, tough field goal for the win? And he drove it. 20 yards for a John Ryan single. And they drove it all the way down to, what, the 18-yard line. Oh, just a chip shot. For a chip shot field goal. The best part about that is the way they milked the clock doing it. Starting starting at the five. And they let it, they, they took their time. There was no rush, no urgency. William Powell ripping off big runs. I, I said before that drive, just as we got there, they showed the stats of the first half, and I said, no wonder we're losing. We've only run the damn ball six times. And William Powell went off. Yeah, I'm not sure what the game planning was in the second half. wasn't good until that final drive. <laughs> and it doesn't even matter. We won. They didn't make it exciting. Come on. Can, can We're all fans of Cody Fajardo. Yes. Not just because of the great t-shirt uh, for charity that we have going on, pifflespodcast.com. Um, but... He's a genuinely nice guy. He gives this team a chance to win every single week, and we haven't seen that since Darian Durant. You know what really bugs me? How he rolls out? He, how he rolls out and turns his back to the defense. Winnipeg telegraphed that, I don't know how many times, six or seven, where you had somebody come up the middle, get to him, he'd turn around, and they'd have another guy spying on the outside, ready to hit him. They know he's going to do that. They know he's going to turn out to that same side every single time. He only rolls out that way. Cody, stop it. Stop. Just just throw the ball away. Limit your losses. That interception cost us. When uh, Adam Big Hill got the got the interception, which probably could have been passing. Fade. I think it but, was, but... Yeah. But whatever. But we we waste our challenge way too early. And then a timeout on a <laughs> safety. Yeah. That was... Dick Dickinson makes some of the dumbest decisions. I like the guy. He's what this team needs right now, but some of his coaching decisions. He's still learning. He's here yeah. to show sometimes. Yeah. When you learn on the <laughs> job. Oh, my Lord. Can, can I give a personal shout-out to the soon-to-be NFL star Derek Moncrief? Dude's a monster. And his absolute blasting of Chris Trevler. I, I just felt a overwhelming sense of joy on that play and, and how, I don't know why and how he baited him for that interception too mm-hmm. letting uh, Dembski get one step on him and then just cut right in front of him he knew exactly what he was doing oh, Derek Moncrief is the best pl- defensive player in the league this year right now I, I don't oh, admit- say that on Twitter and you're going to get yelled at I will say it. you know what I'm going to say it right now and why he rage tweets. Um, <laughs> I don't say this a lot, but my dad's a Bomber fan, and I took him to his first Labor Day this past weekend. And before the game, Moncrief was in the end zone going by, giving guys high fives, and I go to my dad, I'm like, 
there's a guy who won't be here next year and goes, why is that? Is he that good? I'm like, yeah, he's going to the NFL. Like he is that good. At the end of my game, my my dad's like, you know, you were right. That that 42 is a good player, and I'm like, he he's. I love the guy, but yeah, he's not going to be here at passes past this he, year. He matches the actual athleticism with insane amount of football talent and smarts. Remember his first pick back in 2016 and he ran out of gas and he probably should have had a pick six. <laughs> yeah. And everyone was like, oh, this guy's slow. He's not going to make it. Well, guess what? You're going to get your wish. He's not going to make it long with the Riders because he's going to be going <laughs> to the NFL next year. This guy is a monster. Just yeah, just the way he plays. If you just watch him, if you just actually just sit there and watch him on the field, and even if he's not in the play, he is everywhere. He is on his man. He knows what to do. His football IQ is through the roof. And that's awesome to watch. O-line issues. This was a, a bad game for the O-line. Obviously going against a, a strong defense. Uh, but just it was just the Winnipeg dominated in the trenches. And that worries me for this game coming up in the Badger Bowl rematch. Well, we're starting to see the, the downfall of missing two or three starting offensive lineman on a regular basis. You guys still haven't heard anything about Brandon Labatt, right? No. Nothing on Blake. Except he was back at practice four weeks ago, and then nothing since. Back on the sixth game. So that that's not a good sign, and I haven't heard anything about Blake. And That's that's one thing with the Riders. You're not going to get any... like Nothing really leaks out unless, unless they want it to leak out, unfortunately, when it comes to injuries. 1917, Riders winning... They're what, 15th out of 16 Labor Days? 14 yep. out of 15, whatever it is. What a beautiful run. Automatic. We talked about automatic wins. It was an automatic win. It wasn't the easiest way, but we knew it was going to happen. Another little sprinkle of Jesus on that game. Oh, Brett Lothar and his sprint for a beer. <laughs> I mean, I was ready to pound a beer right after that win, too, so I don't blame him. Does he get fined? But Matt, he you should. Yeah, that game's game? over. You're still on the field. You're still... Mm-hmm. It was on TV See, still, so kids would have saw it and whatever, so he'll probably get a light little fine. I found it funny that he crushed the beer can. That was the after. best part. Yeah. Gott did it with a helmet, if I remember correctly. Was, wasn't Gott wearing his helmet when he cra- smashed the beer can? Yes. Yep. Brett Lothar, Brett Lothar just did it up against his head. Because yeah, he threw his uh, helmet at the 30-yard line. What a beauty. Oh, can I give praise to John Ryan? Other than that punt single to start off the game, that was his best punting game as a rider. By far. The only thing I don't like with his punting is he's using the NFL-style kick it to the two or three with some backspin. That doesn't seem to work as well up here. Am I the only... Like, yeah, he doesn't it kick it out of bounds. Ba- it works if you get the backspin. Yeah. Yeah. He's just not getting the backspin yeah. on it, and that's what's giving us all these singles this yeah. year. But kick it out of bounds. I, 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 good I, game. I would like to point out that uh, he probably got the piffles bump, even though the, the I interviewed him last week. He's It's being played this week. Spoiler, he talks a lot about the Labor Day, so I'm, I'm not, like, spoiling anything on this one. <laughs> so, yeah, th- you're welcome. Piffles Bump still exists. Also, props to the uh, the game day crew. The um, They were doing a lot of a lot of jokes with that sprinkle of Jesus. Every so often they had Fajardo up on the big screen, you know, yeah, dropping. Yeah, around. Yeah, that was, uh, that was fun to watch. And uh, kudos to the old lady in the first row uh, wearing the Cody's... <laughs> Yeah. Shirt, yeah. so that was, that I saw quite a few of those, yeah. and the guy beside me is actually, I'm like, oh, God, I love that. And he goes, yeah, I love it, too. It's pretty funny. I'm like, I designed that. <laughs> you know the guy that goes to games dressed up as Jesus? Yeah. Yeah, he found me while we were walking yeah. in the stadium. He was like, oh, my God, I need my picture with that. That was perfect. So it's working. Yeah. It's working. Whatever we well, need to get the wins. And a couple uh, uh, nice 
nice older ladies at uh, Rock Creek Tap and Grill that after the game ended up seeing me in my shirt and gave her the card and, and they're looking at ordering a couple of shirts. So that's pretty nice. cool. Good cause, guys. Uh, if you don't got one, get one. If you got one, get two. There you go. <laughs> Uh, six straight wins for the Riders, moving the record to 7-3, and three, only half a game back of the Bombers for first in the West. We'll talk about the Banjo Bowl coming up in the Tallgrass Apparel Enemy Preview. But that was the opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal LePage, Regina Realty. Check out her Facebook page, Kathy Festion, Royal LePage. Um, before we get to the CFL Tweet of the Week, I just want to bring up Greg's wearing his No Wave shirt. And the people that were trying to start the wave... At the very end of the game, when the oh. Riders were going on to offense while they were down, I hate you. You might be nice people, but I hate you. Oh, I just Stop it. Hey, come on, people. And the best is, actually, I saw people like, we're on offense, sit down. It was great that way, but, like, come on, people, be better. Gotta, gotta be careful, this isn't the rant segment, we'll get to that in a little bit. But, uh, Steve, CFL Tweet of the Week. I hate to do this. This, You're, this no, don't do it. It's not what this, I think. This, it brings is. Me, this brings me some pain. No, but I'm going to do it. We, we, we had a rule. No, no, no him. I'm sorry. He's doing it. I have to. Ah! You make Greg mad. That's okay. That's okay. You haven't even said the tweet yet. So the tweet of the week this week. There's been a lot of talk about power rankings. You got your pork rankings out in Edmonton. You got all the power power. You put all of the power rankings across the league. I have my own power rankings, which I'd love to say are the best power rankings this week. They're not. The best rankings of the week go out to Don't say former it. co-host Ferlin oh. Rands, oh. who had the Powell rankings. He said, here are my CFL Powell rankings. Number one, Riders. One Powell. And then he had number two, or T2, Ticats, T2, every other team, no Powell. Followed by number three, Red Blacks. No Powell because they let him walk in free agency. That was a solid tweet. I didn't see that until a day after he posted that. That is hilarious. I, I don't want to give him props. Stop tweeting because you'll never top that one. Uh, t- to be fair, though, he did it wrong. The, the Red Blacks should be nine because if you go by ties... It goes down to the next highest number. Sorry, the actual highest number after you count them all up. So it should be nine. Ferlin, you don't count because that sucks. I agree with that. Thank you. Way to suck, Ferlin. Yeah, I had to. He hasn't uh, made a small head joke or a ball joke to me lately, so I'm going to be pretty nice. Ferlin, that was a great tweet. I actually really like that. And we gave him a ride home after the game. He was waiting for the bus and (laughs) drove by him and like, Hey, Ferlin, you want a ride? Yeah. It is a good thing he was not driving. (laughs) <laughs> Any cartwheels? Uh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. He did, a, he did a Labor Day cartwheel. Oh, there's oh, yeah. gonna be some banjo wheels coming. Oh, good old banjo wheels. wheels. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So there's your CFL tweet of the week. The CFL simulator came out. <laughs> now, for those that don't know what this is, we gotta get the sheets here. A professor from the U of S does uh, CFL simulations, and he t- it's all based on math. It's all about percentages. Who's gonna Who's gonna win the Great Cup? Who's gonna you know win the West, win the East, all that kind of stuff. And it's based off of what right now. It's based off this week. So right now, if the playoffs were to end, right? So the odds to make the playoffs. We'll just start there. 
Hamilton, 99.94. The Riders, 99.9. The Ticats, 99.99%. The greater than, actually. Greater than 99. Greater than that. So they're a lock. They can actually effectively clinch a playoff spot this week. In September. They don't even need to win. No, they need to win to, to clinch it. Because if they win and uh, Ottawa loses, they will be... both? Yeah. Oh. They will be... If I, I could be wrong. It's happened once or twice. But either way, they're going to they're gonna potentially clinch a playoff spot the, riders, the second week of September. The Riders next at 99.94%. So, hey, right on. We're going to the playoffs. Playoffs. And then you got Winnipeg and Calgary and, and Montreal at 97%. So a lot of teams high. And then Edmonton, 93 So, obviously, it looks like the Red Blacks, Lions, and Argos are That's, SOL. That was a safe bet. Yeah. Odds to host a playoff game. Hamilton, greater than 99.99%, so we know they're, they're likely getting the East Final. The Riders, 81.9%, so that'd be nice. Back-to-back years, the whole playoff game. Odds to win the East, and that's to just finish first in the East. Hamilton, 90%. I Montreal, just, 10 I like Ottawa and Toronto at less, less than 0.01%. Yeah, that's, uh, that's got to be really small because 90 and 10 makes 100, so I'm not sure you had, how you add any more percentage into that. Odds to win the West, the Riders, 49.83, the way things are going right now. 50-50 shot. They're going to they're gonna win the West. So you're saying there's a chance? If you if you went into the great season... Great movie or greatest movie? Hmm? Great movie or greatest movie? <laughs> As Chucky from Child's Play comes running through. Right? <laughs> Odds to appear in the 107th grade cup. Hamilton, 71%. The Riders, 47.46%. Almost a 50-50 chance they make it to the Grey Cup. Odds to win the Grey Cup. The Riders, 35.08%. There's your winner right there. Just call it. We're done. End the season right now. We win. We're champs. He's not a homer either. He used math to do this. And people kept going off about how how are the Ticats not expected to win the Grey Cup because they're the best team in the East. They've got the best record in the league. Simple. He takes recent games into account, and who beat the Ticats with their current lineup sans Simone Lawrence, what, three weeks ago? Oh yeah, we did! And you take road wins as well, those matter, yeah. and all that kind of stuff, so I would love to see a, a Riders Ticats great cop. Oh, we do pretty well in those. Usually. But you guys gotta remember, four to three people have trouble with math. True. The only thing I don't want to see that's on this list that has the Riders involved is that damn Riders at versus Montreal great cup. I am not going back to Calgary with a... Conspiracy theories? Oh. You guys I've, already called it. I've already called it. I said it's going to be Saskatchewan Montreal. No, it's not going to be Montreal. You see what John Bowman said? Hmm. The CFL is trying to screw us. We haven't been lucky. at. We haven't gotten any bit of luck at all. In my 14 years in the league, the league has not helped us out once. We, Get wrecked. We lost that game against the Riders this year for three quarters. They screwed us. And everything like that. He was going off about it. Yeah, 2009. Screw you, John Bowman. I used to like John the C- Bowman. The CFL. The owners of the Montreal Alouettes are trying to screw the Montreal Alouettes. Okay, John. That makes sense. Uh, I'm not even going to dignify that with a smart-ass comment. No, nothing anyway. makes the sale of a team easier than making sure they suck, right? <laughs> Tell me, Riders, Alouettes, Calgary. God. Two electric. My tick, I I would never. <laughs> I would never intentionally 
I would never intentionally miss a Ryder Grey Cup, but I don't know if I could go and know suffer how many through that. Redemption t-shirts we are going to sell. I would say they were going to sell, but the Riders don't have the marketing. Get this ready. I already have it done. Excellent. I already have it done. I did it at the beginning of the year because I knew it was coming. Oh. I'm bringing that same whiskey bottle we left in the. Oh no! We drank sink. that. We drank. I drank that after. Oh, I got mine. Oh, I drank the one that I brought after the 2013 Great Cup. Ah, uh, yeah. No, I haven't. Uh, I haven't touched mine yet. Apparently, I was saving it for this year when we beat Montreal again. So. Moving on. Time for this week's underdogs memorabilia. Piffle's player profile. Greg, you already let the cat out of the bag. We already know who it is. Riders punter John Ryan. Greg, you talk to him, and uh, here's here's that interview. Halfway through the season, how's it feel to be a uh, Saskatchewan Rough Rider? Oh, it feels great. I've been uh, enjoying it. You know, the team's been on a bit of a roll for the last month and a half, so it's uh, it's been a lot of fun, and we're looking forward to this Labor Day game. So, uh, of course, you're a Regina boy, played your high school football here, U of R. We've seen you throw the ball on special teams occasionally, but uh, you ever go to coach, hey, coach, I got the Rams' longest uh, touchdown in history. Let me catch a ball once in a while. Yeah, I think it, whenever I bring that up, I think everyone reminds me that was uh, 20 years, almost 20 years ago now, so I think that's uh, uh, the rebuttal to that uh, question. So, of course, Rams, Neil Hughes won the Plaza Honor last week. How, how's it, uh, how did it feel to see him be uh, recognized for his accomplishments here? I thought it was amazing. You know, Neil's is such a great guy. He was an amazing teammate. You know, he put uh, put everything into the game, and he had a you know a great career. And you know, for a hometown boy to from uh, from Tom Collegiate to be to be able to do what he did is uh, is pretty cool, and it was very much deserved. And I was really happy for him. Of course, unfortunately, you're a former bomber. Um, Ryder now, Labor Day banjo bowl coming up. How's it going to be on this side of the sidelines? I'm looking forward to it. You know, I uh, I grew up going to Labor Day games. Uh, I think my mom was pregnant with me the first time I was in a game, you know, in 1981. And, uh, you know, I, I, I can remember all the way back to, I mean, 1985, 1986, going, going to these games every single year uh, until I was drafted in 2004. So it means a lot to me uh, to, just to play here and be able to play here in Labor is going to be pretty special. Of course, this is a big rivalry. You spent some time down in the NFL. What was the big rivalry game you played in? Uh, it, it always kind of rotated a little bit, you know, when I was in the NFL. There's a long time where uh, San Francisco was really good, right around the same time that we were really good. And we had a, a really good rivalry going on with them for three or four years and uh, played them in the NFC Championship to go to the Super Bowl in 2013. So that was, uh, that was a big matchup for a number of years. Uh, switching gears, you're a sports team owner. How did the Portland Pickles do this year? I uh, just missed the playoffs. You know, we got the second place in the second half and uh, just missed the playoffs. But uh, another successful season, and uh, we're already getting ready for next year. So it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. And it's pretty exciting. Nice. So some rapid fire to finish us off here. Coke or Pepsi? Definitely Coke. Cook your cake. Cake. So since uh, your wife is a celebrity, I'm going to switch this up. What's your first celeb crush? Uh, I don't recall. I don't recall ever really having a celeb crush. I think she was really my first celebrity crush. Well, there we go. That buys you some points. Yeah. Uh, if you can go back in time and have a meal with anyone, who would it be? Oh, man. That's uh, probably Jackie Robinson. Good choice. What is your pregame meal? Uh, pretty much whatever. Uh, I, I get pretty nervous before games, so just pretty much whatever I can get down, I eat. Quarterback Cody Fajardo made famous the corn dog with ketchup on it. Are you a ketchup or mustard guy? Man, I'm a I'm a I'm a ketchup guy, but it depends on the situation. You know, if you're if you're eating a hot dog in the United States at a ball game and you put ketchup on there, you might get that hot dog slapped right out of your mouth. So you definitely put uh, mustard on it. What's the most embarrassing song on your playlist? Um, Avril Lavigne, Skater Boy. And most important question we ask everybody: cats or dogs? Dogs. So there's John Ryan on the underdogs memorabilia Piffles player profile. 
like I said, that was his best game was, was Labor Day. That was his best game as a punter for the Riders this year. And, yeah, he had a great game, and he's just happy pl- being back in Regina playing football. It, it was his dream, and... Like, how the hell did he go to the NFL for so long if this was his dream? Well, you know what I mean. Jerk. Probably had another dream after playing with the Bombers. Literally well, anything. This is not good. I'm never going to win anything, so I'm I might get, as well try my shot. I'm getting my NFL. butt out of Winnipeg, and I never <laughs> want to come back here. Because if, he if he played on another CFL team, he'd have to go back to Winnipeg except at some point. Ma- except for Badger Bowls. Yeah. God, I can't wait for this upcoming weekend. Oh, it's going to be so fun. It's going to be great. When's the 4 o'clock in the morning uh, bus call? And we'll go right back oh. to sleep. That's what the beer is for. <laughs> Time for this week's Churchill Brewing Company rant of the week. And gentlemen, I have it this week. I want to talk about game day experiences in Saskatchewan. So Commissioner Randy Ambrosi talked about uh, millennials in an interview with Dan Barnes. Our stadiums are becoming pseudo nightclubs. That generation of fans is not so inclined to sit in a seat. They're definitely in- enjoying the game experience, but on their own terms. Hey, you know what? People are buying tickets to your game, whether they're going because of the music, whether they're going for uh, the in-game experience, whether they're going for the game itself. doesn't matter. They're going. They're spending their money. They're having a good time. And if they have a good time and the home team wins, they're more inclined to come back and do it again because, hey, that was fun. Let's bring some more people next time. It'll be a great party. And you can see what they're doing in places like Hamilton and Ottawa. They're selling tickets to not even be, like, to see the field. They're selling tickets to watch the concourse. Hamilton did that. Winnipeg's doing it. And Winnipeg's doing it. And getting people to the game. They're going to buy a hat. They're going to buy a shirt to try and fit in and get the, you know, buy merch. It's a good idea. Whether they're there for the game or not, who cares? It doesn't matter. You're still going to have the hardcore fans who are going for the game. So bringing that back to the Riders, I've seen a lot of people over the last week or two talk about the game day experience in Saskatchewan, how it's not good anymore. Too many, you know, too much kiss cam, too much Simba cam, too much, you know, shots of the crowd. I want to see the replays. If you want to see replays, stay at home and watch on TV because that's where the replays are. Yeah, would I like to see more replays at the game as somebody who's, I consider myself more that hardcore fan, I care more about the game than a kiss cam? Yes, I'd rather see that. But I also like seeing people having fun. And this is the first year for the Riders in Mosaic Stadium that I've seen people truly enjoying the game day experience. And I gotta give props to the new in-game host, Mark Johnson, of My92FM. He's been absolutely fantastic. He's getting the crowd loud. They're you know, throwing stuff up on the video board to get the crowd into the game more, and it's working. I haven't seen this much excitement about the team in the game since Taylor Field. And if you want to, if you don't like what's going on there, well, that's your problem. But people are loving this. The younger crowd is loving this. And it's the younger crowd they need to bring in. We always complain about, well, we got to get the younger fans in there, and, well, you know, there's us old people that are always going to be fans of blah, 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 and whatever, and, but what about the young generation? This is what they're doing. I don't like the DJ in, in Pill Country, DJ Tolly T. I think that's useless, but it's working, but it's working, and people like it. Actually, I don't he also like... just followed us. Yeah, on Twitter. Twitter. that's <laughs> why I'm laughing. Um, I Honestly, I don't. I, I like the DJ. I find the music a lot better this year compared to whatever the hell they were trying the last couple of years in New Mosaic. I'm more impressed by the guy up in the booth that's uh, working with the uh, the in-game announcer. Every time Charleston Hughes get a sack to play Surf and Safari. I'm more impressed with little things like that that a lot of people don't recognize. 
that stuff, uh, that's good stuff. When when the team moved to this new stadium, there was this, I guess, mandate for, from the team supposedly that they want to be more like the NFL game day experience. Because to, to anyone who's been to an NFL game, it is a mind blowing process and show and it's a show. That's a great word for it. And that's where the riders are trying to get to. And slowly but surely, they they've been trying new stuff, and if it doesn't work, they get rid of it. And they they try new stuff all the time. That Ruffles tug of war that can go away. I hate that thing. The but. only thing that I hate about that is that they don't give out a bag of chips if you're on the winning side. No, they just have somebody going around chucking them randomly which throughout is, the stadium, which is fine, and and you can do a promotion like that. But if you Pick. want people, if you want people to sign up for your app and play games on the app and cl- accidentally click the ads and everything that come up in the app, then entice me somehow. Well, that's, and winning, that's a good point. Team, pick two, oh, pick you're, two sections. You're picking two sides, and oh, okay, I'm, I'm picking all dressed chips. Yeah. Keep hitting. My team wins. You get a coupon on your phone for a small free bag of chips. You're telling me they can't set that up? Or, Come on. Or even 50 cents of a big bag. Who's, right. Who's, who's even going to use it at the end, right? Exactly. But at the same time, yeah, you're right. No, it's little stuff like that. and But that's what they're trying to do here. They're, they're trying to bring in more sponsors to get the, the team more, more money, bottom line. And they're trying to get more fan interaction because if you get that interaction in, people go, hey, remember that? That was fun. And if you look at things like the Kiss Cam and everything else that they're doing, they're all sponsored. And this is how you run a business. Otherwise, guess what? The Riders are going to try to make their, just throwing this number out there, $10 million a game in, in total gross revenue? Well, guess what? They're not going to do that with sponsors anymore. Well, where's that fall? <laughs> On us, the ticket holders. So our ticket prices are going to go up. And the nice thing about being a community-owned team, we know what money comes in and where it goes. So yeah, so yeah, it sucks that like I I don't want, I don't want the size power kiss cam. Okay, it can go away, but you're taking to be five dollars more. Yeah, exactly. This is how you run a business. That's exactly what they're doing, and they're doing a fantastic job. The crowd is into it. On the website it. Forbes.com, they say business development is the three. <laughs> hey, she was going to tell us something important. <laughs> Thanks, Google Home. I get if you don't like something and you want to rant about it, that's kind of what I'm doing right now. But people are having fun. Let them have fun. They're enjoying the game. And they're doing what you want as people, the younger crowd, to enjoy games. And, and it I, gives them a reason to go. And I understand it was Labor Day, but how nice was it to have a full stadium? Like, just looking around, seeing every seat full. That was the loudest that uh, that stadium's ever been. I can't argue that one bit. It, was, it made for a better game. It was even, fantastic. It was awesome. Anyway, game day experiences. Riders, keep it up. You're doing a great job. I, I'll, I'll be the first to admit I slag on the riders for a lot of things business-wise. This is not one thing. They're doing a great job, and kudos has to go from the top, from Craig Reynolds, all the way down to the marketing team and everything. They're doing a fantastic job of making the game day fun again. I mean, it helps that we're scoring touchdowns as well too and that gets people oh yeah when, when you got an offense that you can <laughs> score although I got, I got a slag for one thing Gainer didn't get to do his trip around the stadium because they had to pull him off to do a stupid side skit I wonder if that was intentional because if you remember was it last Labor Day Bombers fans in Pill Country tried to rip his head off yep he was he was on his cart ready to go and then they waved him off to come, to come hug that girl on the skit. Oh, yeah, certain certain time of the game that he had yeah. to be there. Oh, okay. Just so bad so, timing. So that was the Riders' offense 
it's their fault. We didn't yeah, get exactly. a high five from game. Exactly. We're a touchdown instead of a field goal. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, thanks, jerks. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the Badger Bowl. This week's Tall Grass Apparel Enemy Preview. Again, I, I can't wait for this. This is my favorite road trip, and I cannot wait for this. This is a first-place game. Riders win. We're in first place. When is, has that ever happened? It's been uh, a while. No. Yeah. No, the first... The, not when the Riders were 1-2 with the Bombers in the West. We've both been one West and when the Bombers were in the East and met each other in these games, but not in the same division. At so least since, fun. like, the 50s or some stupid... And, Steve, you thought you got flipped off by four-year-olds last year. <laughs> now you're going to get flipped off by four-year-olds. I hope little one-year-olds are giving me the finger. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Uh, out of all the things that happened last year at Banjo Bowl, one, Matt Nichols getting booed while his face was on the screen for a commercial. For a charity thing. For a charity PSA. And Steve getting flipped off by a a toddler. That was great. (laughs) I mean, I respect that kind of passion in in, in, and you didn't even kid. do anything. He just literally turned around and gave you a finger. Right? It was her. It was I mean, a little girl with pigtails. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that she was yeah. cute. And we were saying hi, and she just gave Steve the finger. <laughs> well, I mean, I probably did, did something sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Be an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> we do a pretty good job of that. Yeah. Right. Um, on the field, though, Johnny Augustine, he, I thought he had a really good game against the Riders. So is he the, the kind of the key to stop for the Riders' defense this week? No. No. I, is it Strevler? The, the key to beating a Chris Strebler-led offense is to not let him run. Contain him, make him throw, and he will not beat you. And they did that in the first half and, and first half of the third quarter against the Bombers on Labor Day. But for whatever reason, they stopped spying him and they let him run up the middle all fourth quarter long. I think that, well, part of the reason why is that long, jong Augustine run kind of... It opened things up. It opened things up, and then, like, okay, well, maybe we need to take this guy seriously, which led them to focus more on him than Strebler, and... God, that play was just a calamity of errors. Yeah. Break Ed Ganey's ankles on that. Oh, did he ever? He made Ganey look foolish. That was a fantastic one. But then Mike Adam didn't even... He just almost drew me mertiled there. He was just going for a hit, but except he actually tried to hit. He completely whiffed. And say, and say what you want about Micah Johnson and the, and the season he's having... I could not believe it was him that caught him. Like, yeah, <laughs> he, well, he, he had to after he missed that wide open sack he had uh, yeah. earlier. I think I think it was earlier, but Johnson missing his first sack of the year again. Um, so obviously Strevler starting again, and and like you said, I agree with you. The the way to stop him is to make him pass, make him throw, because he will not beat you. If I remember correctly, the Bombers did not have a single first down in the first quarter. They had one. If, did they have one? They had one. Right. Uh, oh, yes, and Chris Strebler at, at that point. Oh, had, first, was sorry, it first two, quarter or I think it was the first half? Sorry, yeah. No, no he, they didn't get one until the second yeah. quarter. Yeah, and didn't he have like three yards passing halfway through the... They had six yards until like halfway through yeah. the first quarter. Oh, thir- uh, first, yeah. uh, first, second quarter. Yeah. So, I mean, it's simple. If you if you keep him in the pocket, he's not going to beat you with his arm. He might Dom Davis you once and have a career game, but he's not going to do that on a regular basis. And unfortunately, fortunately for Winnipeg, they are stuck with him for long hauls. Reports are coming out of Winnipeg that Matt Nichols is probably banged up for the rest of the year and may or may not, like, probably not back. Maybe playoffs. So, do we just put a big giant asterisk on the Grey Cup anyway for whoever wins? Because 
you're not going to get two starters playing against, like, going into the season. You're not going to get two starters playing against each other in the Great Cup. You're going to get Bolivar Mitchell. And Vernon not. Adams. Yeah, Vernon Adams. <laughs> you're not going to get two starters. Nope. Well, you know, Ottawa, unless, Ottawa's got, what, a 1% chance? Unless, unless Edmonton wins the crossover, but no one's ever won the crossover before, so that won't happen. Could you imagine a Battle of Alberta, Grey Cup? In one, Calgary. Ugh. Two in Alberta, too? Although that crowd would be pretty electric. That that would be fun to kind of sit in the middle of and just boo both teams. <laughs> I've got so many be- things I want to say that are not child appropriate, so I can't say them. Just have a sign that says boo offense. Yeah. Boo These everybody. teams suck would be on my side. Uh, Willie Jefferson. The guy was the reason... Why the Bombers ended up taking the lead in that Labor Day game. You guys worried about him? I am. Always. To be. Every time. That, that guy can, and we saw him here a couple times, single-handedly, win us games. He's doing that, almost did, did that last week. He's doing that for Winnipeg. Last so. year, Banjo Bowl. The Banjo Bowl, the Thanksgiving Day against uh, Edmonton, where he got that pick six. He, he's, Why he, they were throwing it, I have no idea. They were winning he's, a, he's a force of nature on that football field. You have to plan for him. But you can't, because he's a force of nature. I hope that Craig Dickinson sat Cody Fajardo down and said, you can't turn your back on these guys. You can't run away. Just throw the ball away. Cut your losses. And there was a couple times where he probably could have ran for two, three yards, but he tried to force it in there. Or where he tried to to run and lost a couple yards. Throw it away. Throw it out of bounds. And don't get me wrong. I understand Cody. Young quarterback. And two, two interceptions last game. It sucks, but... He went what 160 attempts without an interception before that, so like it, it was a bad game. Hopefully, he learned from it and hopefully he quits turning. To the if, if that's the equivalent of his bad game, we're still light years ahead of what we had last year. Oh, definitely. I'm just looking forward to going to the game. This is gonna be a lot of fun. Oh, it's gonna I be can, a ton of fun. I, can, I cannot wait. And free Shormacon, so I'm. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so happy. Probably gonna buy Are you getting it at the stadium or at the... Yeah, no. I get a free Rathacon. Are you even going to be at your seat? No, probably not. I'm just going to stay cool. there the whole If time. anybody wants a seat to the game... Uh, you want to take it, but we got to see. Just buy one of those like general admission yeah, tickets that they us. have and, yeah. and just go sit there. That'll be great. We're both Rum Hut. So it's and I think there's there was less than, what, 800 tickets left, so it should be pretty close to, if not, a sellout for this as well, too, which is great. So the atmosphere is going to be fantastic and can't wait... Can we talk about O'Shea freaking out? What a dick. Okay, yeah, yeah, we should. Okay, uh, but first off... You guys got to tell me when I don't write this stuff down. Sorry, I, I just kind of thought about it before we moved on. Um, wow. But the, the, all I can think of is somewhere in Edmonton, Jason Moss is watching the TV and calling him an amateur because, come on, throw, throw a cooler or something. The, the best part is him getting upset over a hit that the league deemed legal. 100% legal. Chad Rempel's head was up. He's a long snapper. Yep. I mean, was the lineup. Apparently, Craig Dickinson said that uh, they purposely had LeVar Edwards line a yard and a half back. And if you look... To you, do the he, timing. If you, if, you, if you look at the replay, he actually is back further than the rest of the line. So he gave Rempel that chance to get up. And he did. He looked. Yep. He was completely up in his stance. He was two steps back already by the time LeVar Edwards got his hands on him. Bowled him over. It was unfortunate that he ended up cracking his head on the on the turf and, and got a concussion. Um, hopefully he's able to play because you don't want to see injuries like he, that happen. He wasn't practicing today. Tomorrow is closed, so... Who knows? Who knows? But so, but we do hope he's okay because you don't want to see injuries. 
Especially on a very, very legal hit like that. Yeah. But the worst part is now that the Winnipeg has kicked up a stink. The league is sending out a clarification to the rule stating that any, how is it, violent hit to a long snapper will now be looked at. Well, look at it. Yeah. Go for it. So yeah, if it's a legal hit, it doesn't matter. Yeah, well... And, you, and, the, and the problem but, but is... But the thing is, is though, they, they're calling it excessive. If it's going to be excessive... But well, what, what, what deems excessive? That's the thing, though. I hate, I hate when they're vague like that, and I hate when they try to change the rule midway through a season. And here's my problem with that, too. That'll end up punishing the result, not the play. Because mm-hmm. if that happens again, and let's say it happens to Jorgen Hughes, yeah. if he gets a concussion the same way that Rebel did... Oh, now all of a sudden that's going to be a penalty. No, it shouldn't be, or it should be, a, or a fine. It, no, it shouldn't be because you're punishing the concussion result. You're not punishing the play result, which is a completely legal hit, and, and he, that's garbage to me. Was it last year that Chris Jones got crapped on for basically doing the same thing with Was it Dickinson, where he wouldn't shake his hand and there was some yep. yipping back win with and class. class? Yeah, win yeah, with class, win with class right? We've heard next to nothing out of fans over. Or O'Shea's response. I, I find that really interesting. That all we heard last year is, "Oh, Chris Jones is a dick," and this year it's, eh, nothing. O'Shea's just being a little whiny, a little brat. That's all it is. Uh, the He's fact, upset. Oh, yeah. I, I get I, it. He's I get it. Defend his players, and, and his and his players hurt. I get it. But the fact that he basically be drugged away from Dickinson. Over that, like, nice PR guy. He he got he got was stewing over it for an entire half. Yeah, he he apparently was in the ref's ear nonstop for the rest of the game about it. Good, let him, let him be. That distracts you from everything else. You think the refs are going to be giving you the uh, the benefit of the doubt call if all they remember is you being a dink in his ear? Nope. So yeah, do it again, please. I can't wait for this game. Oh, the rematches are always so so good. And then we play him again in October, beginning of October, so uh, another huge game coming up. Let's get to our picks here. BC at Montreal. Like I said, the Labor Day game, that never was. What? They need to bring back a fourth game on Labor Day weekend. Yes, people the, ready. The, the, the fact that they sat three teams. Ottawa, it, Montreal. That, that's, that's, I was going to say, Ottawa, Montreal. Make that the rivalry. That's that makes so sense. close to each other. And then when you well, then if the scooters ever show up, then you have a coast-to-coast game. Yep. That's simple. Uh, BC, Montreal. Montreal. Oh, Montreal. Sorry, I was spaced out thinking about how boring that game's going to be. Montreal. Toronto at Ottawa. Triple header Saturday. Jeez, this is like picking a porta potty at Craven. Um... (laughs) (laughs) The answer is don't. Like a turd. How long have you been holding on to that one? (laughs) Oh, I use it all the time. I think the first time I ever brought it on air, I use it on Twitter all the time. (laughs) Um, oh yeah, everyone on mute. That's why. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, we got each, we all got each other on mute. That's just, that's just face. Apparently, I'm the nice one here. <laughs> um, I I'm got gonna, Toronto. I'm gonna have to go with Toronto as well. I'm going Ottawa. No, I'm not Toronto. Oh come on, John Jennings is starting. Oh, it's definitely Toronto. Toronto. <laughs> Saskatchewan at Winnipeg. Oh, bad joke. Okay, they better bring out the trophy this year when we win it. The Riders want nothing to do with that trophy. That's why they don't bring it out. They don't acknowledge it as a banjo bowl. They should tell their players that because every year we win and they complain that we don't get the trophy. It's because we don't like nice things. That trophy's not nice. It's not nice at all, but... It'd be funny just to watch a guy try to strum it, though. 
the series is actually 8-7 for Winnipeg since the Badger Bowl got introduced in 2004? 2003? It's really been that long yeah. since yeah. the... Since Troy West went Badger yeah. Picking Inbreds. Yeah. Really? Yeah, look at the show title. Badger Picking Inbreds. Oh, I knew that. But yeah. yeah, I knew it. Yeah. 15 years? Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Yeah. We've had 15 of these games already. So the Riders could tie it. I think it's going to happen. I really they do. They will tie it. So you guys both have the Riders? Yeah. It's so tough to win these back-to-backs. But we're going to do it. So but they know. still have Chris Strebler at quarterback. Yeah. And no Andrew Harris. Another sprinkle of Jesus. Yep. Be the Riders' seventh straight win. I got the Riders. And finally, the rematch, Calgary and Edmonton. Bo Levi Mitchell, of course, will be back again for that one. Calgary. I think Edmonton's going to win this one at home. I think Edmonton. They, they have to win this. If they want any chance of staying in the West, they have to win this. They're not going to stay in the West. They're going to end up crossing over, but they have to. I don't. So I don't see Edmonton as a good team right now. Oh, neither do I. I think they're and, absolutely pretenders. Pretenders right now. And you talk about who games. the Riders beat. Who have? Who is Edmonton beat? Oh, you beat Montreal in Week One, a game that you almost blew a what twenty point lead. You lost to them a couple weeks later. You beat BC twice. Okay, well, so the Riders. You lost to Winnipeg when you had or when you played them. Well, we beat them when we played them. Granted. Different quarterbacks, of course. They lost to Calgary. The Riders lost to Calgary. They beat Toronto. Congratulations, everybody beats Toronto. The the best part, so the best thing I saw, <laughs> the best thing I saw over the last bit was the somebody on Twitter commented that the biggest reason why Edmonton is crapping the bed right now is they can't finish drives, and during during these games against the big teams, I can't remember which teams they mentioned, but they had twenty one field goals. Yeah. In in a three or four games. Like it's, they that's embarrassing. It's the same thing last year with the uh the Ottawa Red Blacks. Mm-hmm. Trevor Harris is gonna lead the league in like in in passing this year. He's gonna do great between the twenties, but it all comes down to their kicker. And if their kicker can make eight field goals, they might have a chance. Was it Greg that said they need to play on that eighty yard field? I, it was me. Well, they should play on the eighty yard field. <laughs> They'd be pretty good. Yeah. That was a contender for tweet of the week. Thank you. Although I should probably... You got beat out by Furling. I know, that makes me feel worried. But I, I want to say the reason why I, I got beat out is because we have a unwritten rule that states, much like most unwritten rules of football, that I cannot win because I'm a part of the podcast. No, we don't. Shut up. I did not lose to Furling, damn it. I, I had I had myself as Tweet of the Week when the week I was gone. <laughs> All right, we got the Banjo Bowl this weekend. We can't wait to get to that and for you guys to enjoy that as well. This has been the Piffles Podcast, your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter at PifflesPod. You can follow me at RealAlexD. You'll find me at Sapamod. Follow me at Greg on Sports. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash PifflesPodcast. Check us out on Instagram, just search PifflesPod. And of course, the website, PifflesPodcast.com. We're brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. And special thanks as well go out to Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty. Tallgrass Apparel, Churchill Brewing Company, and Underdogs Memorabilia for their support to make this show possible. Pivot's Podcast, we're a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network, and of course, a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. We gotta go. We got a whole bunch of stuff to get ready for Badger Bowl, so yeah. let's get on that. This is Ghost Behind Your Mind by Tyler Gilbert. The ghost behind your mind.